morning. Let me welcome you to Easter at Crossroads. We are here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't it a great day? It's a beautiful day. It's a great day to be in God's house. So we welcome you. We also welcome those who are joining us online live via Facebook Live. So again, we want to encourage you, if you're watching us online or listening online, make sure and share this to your personal Facebook page because, again, that increases exponentially the amount of people who will be able to tune in to our Easter service live or whether they will be able to see it later. So we welcome you. We're excited that you're here. Our room is full. We had a great 8 o'clock service. It's just kind of just refreshing, is it not, to be back in God's house with God's people, right? Am I right? I mean, just to be around. Let's give God a hand right now. I mean, I don't think there's a better way that we could start. So anyway, let me just say, you, you may not know this, but last Sunday, uh, we had three feet of water in our parking lot. It's hard to believe. You probably saw part of the mill has caved in, but from, I don't know if it was from wind or what, or what was going on, but we had, we had to cancel services. 10.92 inches fell within 24 hours, and it created a mess for us, so we had to cancel services. And I was so excited about my message last week. And I usually don't say that, do I, Lori Dove? I usually don't say that. Uh, but, but I was excited, and then it got washed away. We had three feet of water in the parking lot. We had three feet of water in our office. Uh, so, it, you know, you just kind of know it's Easter week when crazy things happen. So, again, the devil's trying to do everything he can to derail us. But I did think about this. This March, we had the rain, and it was a mess. Last March, we had the tornado you know what, I think we cancel March in 2022. Does anybody agree with me? I mean, I just think it's worthy of just kind of skipping it. But I'm so happy that you've joined us, whether you're listening online, watching online, or whether you are in the room. And here's the thing, while over the past 12 months, many churches have been empty, I was thinking about this, that this week, while many churches are still empty today, that's just a reminder that the tomb is also empty, and that's the reason why we are here to celebrate this morning. But I think about it, what a crazy year. What a crazy year it's been. And who could have known that over the last 12 months, we would face some of the challenges that we've actually had to face during the last 12 months. I mean, it's actually been really, really crazy. I mean, uh, who could have known that for the most part, for, a, for about probably six months, most of all the sports that you saw on television were reruns. I mean, all of the sports were canceled. And things like the Olympics. The Olympics, which had been planned years in advance, were shut down. And schools and colleges all across the country and around the world were closed for in-person tutoring, gathering, educating, whatever you call, for most of the year. I mean, who could have guessed that starting about a year ago, restaurants and businesses would be closed? And the most coveted item that you and I could possess during the last 12 months would be an actual roll of Charmin toilet paper. <laughs> and so here's the thing. If people would have told me that these things were about to happen, you know what I would have told you? You are out of your mind. But let me ask you a question. Isn't that actually where most of us find ourselves right now? I mean, we're just like, we're, it's like we're out of our mind because regardless of the fact that things are starting to get a little bit better, we're still having to live this variation of the quarantine life, even though things are starting to change. There's an element of the quarantine life that all of us in this room, all of you watching and listening online, we're still having to live. I got to thinking about it. You know what we've lived the last 12 months? We've lived a dog's life. I mean, think about it. It's been a dog's life. You spend your day 
roaming through the house for food. If somebody gets too close to you, they tell you to get back. And the thing we look forward to is getting in the car and going on a ride. I mean, am I right? That's a dog's life. But, you know, here's the thing, truly. I, I love that chorus that we sang just a moment ago. Waymaker. Promise keeper. Miracle worker. Because that song really declares the names of God. I mean, we know that. We know that God is a, is a way maker, that he's a miracle worker. We know that God is a promise keeper. But here's what I want to do this Easter. I want to do something a little different. And I want to take my time with you on this Easter in 2021. And I'm going to focus on something that I think we all need. We need to focus on the balance of that chorus. That he's also light in the darkness. God is light in whatever darkness we're going through. See, there's something really interesting about that first Easter. And, and what's interesting is two days before that Easter Sunday morning, everything appeared to be so dark. In, in fact, on Good Friday, cru Jesus was crucified. And this is how the Bible actually records the details of that event in Luke chapter 23, verses 44 and 45. It said, it was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining. I, I've kind of been thinking, you know, if there's anything that I think personally describes my life right now, even as a pastor of a church, in this season that we all find ourselves in, I, I think you're going to agree with me. It, it's probably, uh, it defines your life too. It's, it's just darkness. If there's any way we could describe our life right now, it's darkness. I mean, last year, 2020, even into 2021, I think we could all say that the way that we feel is there is a darkness over the land. I mean, think about it. The things that you have experienced and the things that I have experienced have been hard. And the losses that many of you have experienced, listen to me, those losses are real. But even in all of that, even though it's been hard, even though you've lost things, I think there's something this morning that all of us in this room, all of those watching online need to understand. And the thing that you need to understand about God is this. You need to understand that it is simply the nature of God to bring light. It is simply the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places at the darkest, in the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments of our lives. Look at that behind me. That is simply God. That's who he is. It is simply the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places, into the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments of our lives. That's simply who God is. If you have your Bible this morning and you, and, and you want to turn there, I want to ask you to turn to the very first page, and I want you to look at the very first line. And again, if you don't have your Bible, we're going to have it on the screen behind me. The very first page, the very first line, this is what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Now the earth was formless. This is really interesting, this phrase. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now think about that. Before God created anything, darkness was everywhere. Genesis tells us before God created anything, darkness was over the land. Before God makes anything beautiful, before God brings light into the darkness, before all of that that we read further in Genesis, we see right here in Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, that there was darkness. And there wasn't just darkness, there was chaos and darkness. There's a Hebrew word that's translated for that phrase, formless and empty. I mean, I, I find that phrase very interesting, formless and empty, in the verse that we just read. I, I want to show you a Hebrew word that is really kind of describing the same thing. The Hebrew word is this. It's tohu babohu. Tohu babohu. Now you say, well, what does that really mean? It really means that there's this swirling mass of, of chaos. There's this, there's this swerving. There's this disoriented black darkness. Now think about the word and look at the word. We're going to leave it there just a moment. Tohu babohu. As you think about that, it even sounds a little chaotic, doesn't it? It even sounds a little dark. And I think if most of us are honest, we would say that's where we're living right now. We're living in this tohu vabohu in our life all over again. And, and, and the reason is because it seems like that, that, that nice orderly life that all of us had created for ourselves... That nice orderly life that you were living before March of 2020... That nice orderly life has been swept away by this dark swirling mass of chaos and darkness. Now think about it right now. For many people right now, this is a time of economic darkness. I mean, really think about it. Your business was going through the roof prior to March last year, and then immediately, like overnight, it was completely upended. Your 401k has turned out to be a 201k. Many of you have lost a job. Many of you have had to take a pay cut, or maybe you've been reduced or taken a reduction or a lower-level job just to stay employed. It's a time of economic darkness. It's also, listen, 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 it's also a time of emotional darkness. Maybe you battle depression. Maybe you have some mental health issues. Maybe you have some anxiety. And because of everything you've had to go through the last 12 months, you would say to me, Randy, life has just about become too much. Maybe you've been clean and sober for a long time, but the chaos and the darkness that you've had to live through over the last year, it's pushed you to the verge of actually relapsing. Because here's the thing, we're in a time of emotional distance and darkness. For many of you, this is a time of relational darkness. 
I mean, some marriages right now are under incredible strain. Because these are times like we have never experienced before. You know, I, I, I know many of you ha, had expressed prior to, to March 2020, I just wonder what it would be like to have a lot of time with my family and my children at home. Are you glad you asked that question now? <laughs> because now you have the answer to that question. And it kind of brings up another point. While we've been closed up in our homes for much of the last 12 months, it's like our house has become a tinderbox that is about to explode with emotional outburst and anger and even worse. Now, here's the thing for many people who have been infected with COVID-19, you tested positive, you went through it for two weeks or two months or whatever. It's a time of physical darkness. Because by now we all know somebody who has been impacted by COVID-19. And listen, even though we try to social distance, even though we sanitize our head to our foot, even though we do all the proper protocols that they've told us to do, we see the numbers of deaths that have been attributed to COVID-19. And it actually takes our breath away. It's a time of physical darkness. Now, let me tell you what also it is. It's also a time of spiritual darkness. Which is why I was not surprised when a friend of mine told me that Google had reported that the searches for prayer and for God have reached unprecedented levels. In short, you know what that means? Because of this pandemic, because of COVID-19, listen, listen, listen. Because of COVID-19, people are searching for God. And because we're at home, because we have more time to think, because we have more time to reflect on what's going on with the world and with our life, you know what many of us have discovered? That there's even a darkness that is lurking in our souls. But I want you to hear me this morning. Listen to me. There may be darkness. There may be darkness over the land. There may be tohu babohu over the land right now. That might be what we're looking at. But you need to know it is the nature of your God to bring light into the darkest places, light into the darkest circumstances, and light into the darkest moment of our lives. That's simply who he is. Remember how Genesis 1 describes it? Here's what it says. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You know, every, every, every time I, I, I think of that word ho hovering, it takes me back to uh, that movie with Michael J. Fox, uh, Back to the Future, and that hoverboard. I just kind of see the Spirit of God on a hoverboard. You know what I'm saying? That's what I see. I mean, here's what you see. Th things, Genesis tells us that things were out of control. Things were confusing. Things were dark. Things were chaotic. And the Spirit of God was there on a hoverboard. Just, just hovering all around. 
hovering and, and, and waiting. And I want you to hear me. I believe the same thing is happening right now. I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over every one of your lives right now. I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over your life right now. And I truly believe that God is trying to get your attention through this pandemic to let you know that He is there. That your life can't and it shouldn't go back to normal for you because whether you realize it or not, normal was not working. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering in the midst of this darkness. And then look at what it says in the next verse. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. What does that tell me? Out of the chaos, out of the mess, it tells me that God creates beauty out of a mess. It tells me that God brings order out of chaos. God brings light out of the darkness because I want you to understand this morning, that's who God is. And you need to know this, it isn't just something that happened at the beginning of time. This is something that God still does over and over and over. So on Easter, God proved who he is. Because you have to think about it this morning. Jesus had come into the world at such a dark time. And Jesus was, was this uh, part God, part human, who, who was filled with so much goodness, filled with love and power, that it made so much sense that when one day, finally, he stands up. And this is what he says in John chapter 8. Let me go back to what I just said, fully God and fully human. But this is what he says in John chapter 8. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, it made sense that he stood up and said that. Because he came into the world at such a dark time, and being filled with goodness and love and power, when he stands up, it just resonates with the people. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But think about that. We're going to leave that up there. Look at, look at that behind me. Don't look at me. Look at that and think about this. Think about what Jesus said. And then think about how horrible it was that, I, that under the cover of darkness, they arrested the very one who said he was the light of the world. How unfair was it that they conducted a shady trial in the shadows, in the darkness, to condemn the one who said he was the light of the world. And listen to me this morning. Before the disciples knew what was happening, they're watching Jesus carry his own cross through the streets, strum, st just stumbling under the weight of the cross, realizing that he's about to take the weight of the sins of the whole world. They realized that sin and darkness was about to be placed on the shoulders of Jesus. 
I mean, again, think about it like this. The one who in the beginning created the trees was about to be nailed to one of those trees. The one who put his blood in your veins would shed his own blood. The one who shouted everything into existence would let out that final cry at the end where he said, it is finished. And they pulled down his corpse and they laid him in a tomb. And as that huge stone was rolled in place over the mouth of that cave, Jesus was locked in a quarantine, a quarantine of darkness. And guess what? It was tohu vavohu all over again. And the Bible says that on that afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. I mean, does that sound familiar? But what if I told you What if I told you in that hopeless, chaotic darkness that there, right there was the Spirit of God hovering and waiting? Well, what if I told you that on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, that the Spirit of God said exactly what the Spirit of God loves to say, and that is, let there be light. And he rolled the stone away, and light burst into that tomb. What if I told you that those eyes that ended up closing on the cross, that in the darkness of that tomb, that those, those eyes popped open, those hands that fell limp behind the nails, that those hands straightened out in the darkness. That body that was crucified on a hillside at Calvary walked out of that tomb alive and victorious, radiating the light and the love of God that can never be extinguished. And see, many people think that Easter was canceled last year. Many people think that Easter was all but canceled last year and all but canceled this year. And see, here's the thing. Satan thought that he had done the same thing on that first Easter, but it didn't go as planned, and neither has last year and neither has this year. Because Jesus walks out of that tomb like a boss. <laughs> you just, I mean, can't you just see him? Like a boss on a mission. And you know what? That mission continues to this very day. And his mission is to bring light and love and forgiveness and hope to every person who is living in tohu vavohu. And here's the thing. No matter your darkness, no matter your despair, whatever your chaos, Jesus has risen from the grave to announce that darkness does not have the final word. John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. See, my friends, that's the good news of Easter. The good news of Easter is that in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, and that light shines in the darkness, and it will never be extinguished. That, my friends, is the good news of Easter. So what does that mean for us in this pandemic? What does that mean for us who are still having to live some variation of the quarantined life? What does it mean for us right now in all of us who are going through what we're going through? What does it mean for us in the midst of a global pandemic when darkness seems to be covering the whole land? First, here, here, here's something I want you to remember. The first thing I want you to remember is this. God does some of his best work in the dark. God does some of his best work in the darkest places at the darkest times. You say, how can you say that, Randy? Well, God is the only one who I know that can take a seed that is covered with dirt and buried in the ground. Now think about this, a seed that is hidden from the light, but somehow God can turn that seed in the darkness. He turns that seed into a flower that grows out of that ground. And when you pick that flower and you put it under your nose, the aroma of that flower will take your breath away. God can take an ugly worm that's clothed in the darkness of a cocoon until it finally emerges from that cocoon into a beautiful fluttering butterfly. And listen to me, just as the Spirit of God was there in the beginning, hovering over the darkness, waiting to bring light and life, and just as God was there in the darkness of that tomb, hovering and preparing to bring life from death, then know this, you need to know this. No matter what kind of darkness or despair you find yourself in right now, it has always been the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest moments and the darkest circumstances. And here's the thing. I know that somebody here or somebody watching online or listening online needs to hear this because you, I just know this in my spirit, you feel like your life is, is going to hell in a hen basket. You're living a life of hell. Maybe you're somebody who over the last year, the last 12 months, has consistently, you've, you've had to consistently be on the front lines of fighting COVID-19. Or maybe the quarantine life make you, makes you feel like your life is a tomb. If that's you, then listen, God does some of his best work in the dark. See, the mountaintops are great. The mountaintops, you know what the mountaintop is? The mountaintop is a place that's always lit. And the mountaintop will always inspire you. But it's in the valleys. It's the darkest valleys. Those are the places that mature us. And as dark as things may seem in your life right now, I do believe on this Easter Sunday that God is up to something.
You know, I've heard people say, I heard, I heard somebody say it yesterday. I, I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. But can I be honest with you this morning? I have higher hopes than that. I don't want to go back to normal. Because normal, you know what normal was for me and it was for you, whether you admit it or not, normal was really comfortable, right? It was predictable. It was comfortable. Normal was selfish. Normal was all about me. Normal was spiritually lukewarm. That's what normal was. I may go to church. I may not go to church. I may, I may go to the Titans. You know, I, that's what I'm telling you. Normal was selfish. Normal was spiritually lukewarm. But this pandemic, COVID-19, it's been the perfect opportunity for God to do something beyond normal in your life. It's something that he's been waiting to do for such a long time. Maybe God wants you to get in the Bible more. Maybe God wants you to pray more. Maybe it's your patience. Maybe it's your character. Maybe God wants to develop your character. Or maybe it's getting better at showing love to the people that you live with. Some of you really need to work on that. I need to work on that. Maybe it's a breakthrough in the way that you handle stress or a breakthrough in the way that you handle anxiety. Or maybe it's truly about you resting between the pillars of God's goodness and knowing that God is actually in control, even though it may look like he's not in control. Maybe what you need to do after you leave this, this place today, this week, maybe what you need to do is, is pray in this chaos and just ask God, what does he want to do in my life? Maybe you just say, God, draw me closer to you. God, show me the changes that I'm supposed to make so that I don't go back to making the same mistakes that I've made before. I don't want to go back to normal because here's what it says in Psalm 18, verse 28. Look what it says. It says this, you, Lord... You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. So you need to remember when you leave here today, God does some of his best work in the darkness. And you may in, be in that season of darkness and despair, but God does some of his best work in the darkness. Here's the second thing. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, then here's what I want you to remember. As a follower of Jesus, I want you to remember this, that God sends us as his followers to shine light in the darkness. When I think about COVID-19, you know, I realize it's, it's probably really contagious. I mean, can, can we just get, can I just be really honest with you? I don't know who to believe and what to believe anymore. Is anybody with me? But I, I believe it's contagious. And I believe we need to be careful. But you know what I'm praying? I'm praying that the light of Jesus becomes more contagious than COVID-19. Because again, in this season, when the world is dark, the church of Jesus Christ needs to be shining its brightest. We don't hide our light, do we? We shine our light. Now, here's the thing that most of us don't understand. Jesus didn't just come into the world and say he's the light of the world. He also said that, and then he turned around and pointed to his followers and said, you also are the light of the world. Now, you go and you shine your light, and that's what we're supposed to do. 
And some of you will say, oh, we can't do that, Randy. We've got to have gloves. We've got to have sanitizer. We've got to stay away from each other. And I'm saying, you know, here, here's the thing. Some of you think it might be hard to shine your light right now. But let me tell you this. At Crossroads, we're not going to back down from shining our light. That's the mission that God has given us. Letting our light shine in Jesus' name. And I want to thank some of you who helped us shine our light during this past 12 months. Some of you in this auditorium, some of you watching online, you helped us in numerous ways as we supported first responders and our healthcare professionals at Vanderbilt Wilson County Hospital. We supported teachers and we supported schools. You brought the light of Jesus by actually donating to our drive through food drive where we helped families in our community who needed help through the 100 Box Project, as well as those who were conducting COVID-19 testing at the fairgrounds, even during this darkness. You are the ones who found a way to bring light. And see, here's the thing. Listen, listen I want you to hear this. When you bring the light of Jesus, you bring peace in the middle of panic. You bring comfort where there's grief. You bring love where there's loss. So let me thank you for helping Crossroads and me shine the light of Jesus into the darkest places. At the darkest moments. In the darkest circumstances. Now here's the last thing I want to share with you. And it's the most important. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is this. Jesus invites you to follow him as your light in the darkness. Because here's the thing. Just as it was in the beginning. In the beginning when things looked dark and foreboding. And just as it was on that first Easter Sunday as Jesus was quarantined in the grave and darkness covered the land, I think we'll all admit that in our country and in the world, things look dark right now. And many of you are afraid. Many of you are discouraged. But what if I told you this morning that things aren't really what they seem? What if I told you that even in the darkness, even in the despair, that even right now, God is making you stronger. And not only is God making you stronger through this pandemic, God is also making our church stronger in the midst of this difficulty. If I told you that, would you believe it? What if I told you that your relationships could grow closer together and that your marriage could become more united? What, what if I told you that God wants to use the dark time, this time that we find ourselves in, what if I told you God wants to use this to actually make you better and stronger? What if I told you this morning that even though you can't go everywhere and do everything, what if I told you that God is on the move and that spiritual renewal is happening everywhere? I can tell you that because I know that God does some of his best work in the dark. And we know that God sends us as his followers to shine light in the darkness. And we know that Jesus is inviting everyone to follow him right now. And that includes you and you. That includes you. 
as you follow him as your light in the darkness. I want you to see again what Jesus said in John chapter 8. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, there's something really interesting there. Notice what Jesus says, whoever, whoever follows me, whoever you are, whoever you are, in this section, this section, this section, that section, whoever you are, watching online, listening online, whoever you are, you're not, listen, 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 you're not too dirty, you're not too lost, you're not too broken, you're not, not too screwed up. Listen to me, whoever you are, you're not too far away from God. And see, this morning, here's what you can do. With a humble heart, all you need to do this morning is say yes to Jesus. And what a day to do it on Easter. Right where you're seated, in your office, at home, wherever you are, say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want you to be my light in the darkness now and forever. Because you see, here's what I believe. Just as the Spirit of God was hovering over the tahuvavohu of the darkness before time, just as the Spirit of God was hovering over that tomb on Easter Sunday morning, waiting to bring light, waiting to bring life. You know what I believe is happening right now? The Spirit of God is hovering in this building. He's hovering in your home. He's hovering in your office. He's hovering in your car, even right now. And I know that God has been speaking to many of you. He had been speaking to many of you before you arrived in this building. He had been speaking to many of you. And you know that today is the day that you need to make the decision in your life to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What if I told you that Jesus, the light of the world, what if I told you that he is the one who wants to forgive you of your sins? What if I told you that? What if I told you that even though you may not really understand it all, that he loves you? Regardless of what you did last night. And he wants to be in relationship with you. What if I told you that you don't have to have darkness in your life right now? You don't have to walk in darkness in this life or the life to come. But you could have hope forever because that's what he's offering. Jesus is offering hope forever right now. So all across this room, even in your cars, even in your homes, even in your offices, wherever you're watching or listening, in this room, everywhere, bow your head, please, wherever you're at. And maybe today you know that the Spirit of God is hovering over you. And you know today is the day that it's time to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've been playing games with God. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've been ignoring God. Maybe you've walked through this pandemic and you just casual, you've been really casual with God. 
But now, this is your time. This is your moment to come before the Creator God. Now is your moment to come before the risen Jesus. And if this is what you want, if that's what you want, then silently pray right where you are. Jesus, I believe you. I believe in you. I trust you. I choose to follow you. I love you. Right where you are, just pray this. I give my life to you, Jesus. And I do that because you gave your life for me. So right where I'm at, in this room, at home, in my car, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And not just to forgive me of my sin, God. I ask you through Jesus' name and his sacrifice to be my light in the darkness. Through this pandemic, through this present trial, and through anything that comes during the rest of my life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's a prayer that you prayed on this Easter Sunday, we want to know that. There are cards available in the ta- on the table in the lobby, and you can fill one of those out. You can check that I made a first-time decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You can send me an email, info, I-N-F-O, at crossroadslebanon.com. Because we want to lead you in the next steps. We want to show you what it's like to be light in this dark world. God, we just thank you for this time. God, we even thank you for this season. Knowing that you're using it to make us stronger. Not just individually, but you're also using this season to make our church stronger. We want to be the people that you've called us to be. So this morning, we we give thanks that we have a way maker, a promise keeper, a miracle worker. But more than anything else, in this season, We're thankful for that light in the darkness as we ask that prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.